What's going on, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio. I am your host, Ren, with me, as always, Angelo. Austin, again, not here this week. Um, we're working on that. Um, still, if you listened to us last week, I was very sick. I am still a little sick. I actually lost my voice for, like, three days after last week's episode. Um, you know, that's the that's the sacrifice we make here at No Reserves. Um, fairly slow week in the NBA in terms of news. Um, I just thought of this, so I'm going to pull it up. But the All-Star voting, the first returns have come back. Did you look at it yet? I have not looked at it yet, no. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get a live reaction. Um, because I glanced at it last night, but I did not actually look at it. Um, just because there there is the homer pick for me. Um, so we'll start with the Western Conference. LeBron James leads the front court and the total player vote. Currently, he's sitting at just over two million, two million and eight thousand. Uh, second is Kevin Durant at 1.8 million, Nikola Jokic at 1.6, Anthony Davis at just under 1 million votes. Then it's Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Alperen Sengun, Victor Wimbanyama, Chet Holmgren, and Carl Anthony Towns for front court from the Western Conference. Are there any surprises for you there? And this, it's first return, so a lot's going to change between now and the All Star game. But oh, of yeah. the Western Conference front court, is there anything that's surprising? Just offer it to you. Off the top of my head, no. I guess kind of seeing Wemby and Chet is kind of surprising. I mean, there's the hype around them. For me, the most surprising thing is you can say what you want, but it's it's that LeBron James is still leading. He he's number two in the fan vote total overall. Um, we'll get to who's number one later. Um, but but why does that, why does that surprise you? Because at He's... this point in his career, yeah, I, I'm just saying because Jokic uh, in the Western Conference front court, Jokic is probably the biggest offensive threat that has ever graced a basketball court. So this is fan votes, just fan votes, correct? Um, yes, it's fan returns. Right. So why is that surprising to you? LeBron is the biggest superstar in the NBA, but it's, okay, it's, so he has Obi only... was. Kobe was coming off an Achilles and and still got in. Like this shouldn't surprise you. Sorry, I had a coughing fit. Um, because like what you're saying is true. I totally agree with that. But Steph Curry, who is also a global superstar, one of the many faces of the league, arguably changed the game. He's second place in the guard returns, and he would be fourth in the forward returns for the Western Conference. So that's why I'm saying it surprises me that, like, he has such a huge gap compared to other players. So I understand that Steph changed the game, and yes, Steph is a nationally recognized name, but you don't think there's, like, a gap between Steph and LeBron? Because I definitely think there is. I think... As far as, like, popularity. So I will say... I think that gap is smaller than you think that gap is. Um, do I think that there's a social gap? I don't. That's the thing. I don't think there really is because for a long period of time, you really couldn't go anywhere without seeing a Curry jersey. And like 
LeBron, a lot of LeBron's popularity wasn't because people liked him. It was kind of the reverse. So, I don't know. It it just, it, it is surprising to me to have him that high. Like, obviously, I think he should be up there. It it's just surprising that he ha- he's the only player besides Giannis who has two million votes. That's what's surprising to me. It's not surprising to me one bit. Um, Carl Anthony Towns being at tenth is a little bit surprising to me. I he's kind Gobert? of having a hell of a season, huh? Same with Gobert. Go- is Gobert on there? No, Gobert's not in the top ten. Because mm-hmm. I would, I would probably. Put Carl Anthony Towns above Chet, Victor, and Del Perrin. I don't know if I would go above PG, Kawhi, or Anthony Davis. Obviously, I would not go above Jokic, Durant, or LeBron, but it, it's just, it, with how far down he is, because he's like 40, he's 50,000 down from Chet, so that that's, it, it that's the biggest shock there. Let's get into the guards for the Western Conference. So leading the way is Luka Doncic at 1.5 million. Steph Curry at 1.4 million. Shea just under 1 million. James Harden at 43 or 431,000. Uh Kyrie Irving at 30 or 388,000 and it's then Anthony steep, Edwards. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. pretty dr- steep fall off. Um then Kyrie Irving, Anthony Edwards, John Morant, De'Aaron Fox, Clay Thompson, and Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves is in the top ten all-star voting. I guess I I don't know if I'd call this a stupid question now, but I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Since there is now a minimum game requirement to get into like reward like categories. Should there also be a minimum game requirement to get into the All-Star game, and should that make John Morant disqualified? Um, yeah, probably. That's actually a very fair point, because there is a financial incentive to being named to an All-Star team, especially, like, like it, there are incentives within your contract that if you're named to an All-Star team or an All-NBA team or whatever, you get a bump on your pay. So I, I do think there should be. Isn't a, that also linked to getting, potentially getting a supermax if you? Yeah. Yeah. So I I think that there should be, and who knows? Maybe there is, or maybe Ja, if he plays every game up until the All Star game, would hit that threshold. I don't know. Um. And maybe like he could finish first in voting, and then the league would step in and say no, he didn't play enough games. I honestly don't know how the selection process works this year because. They kind of changed everything at the last minute, and we went back to East and West, like, after the season started. Um, James I Harden... don't think th- I don't think they ever... Speaking of, let's talk about that real quick. Because I okay. honestly don't think it ever should have changed. It should never have been, like, Team LeBron versus Team KD, because it seems like that's what it was every year, because those are the most the two most popular players. But... Or Team Steph, too. But regardless, I don't, I don't, I didn't like the teams things. I always think it should be East and West because you need to get that like NBA so, fan pride in there. And I don't think that does that. So I think that you run into a problem because going back to the like, East is better than the West and sometimes vice versa better than the East. And yeah. you end up with a problem where the all-star game isn't fun because the all-stars are just that much better. I do think that. The backyard rules all-star game was kind of cool. Like the 
we do a draft live. We pick our players. Uh, there's Mr. Irrelevant. He gets a car. Like, it was, it, it's fun. It adds an element to it that's fun. Um, I just don't think that with the NBA it really worked. I think it's worked really well because the NHL is the one that did that first where they had the captains go up and they would pick teams. And it seemed like the players, like, at the end of the line, like the, those last few picks, they were, like, good sports about it. Whereas in the NBA, there's a lot more ego-centric individuals, I'll say. Yeah. Do um, you remember the uh, James Harden? Yeah. Between the LeBron and KD draft? Yeah. Yeah, so I just think that it, it doesn't work for the NBA. I, I like the idea, I just don't think it works for the NBA because of how the sport is a little different. Like, it is a very individual-centric sport. Um and it, it just doesn't really it doesn't really work. Um James Harden being the fourth best guard or the fourth fourth most voted for guard. That's probably the biggest shock for me. Well, so, no, Austin Reeves being on that list at all is the biggest shock for me. No, Austin Reeves shouldn't be a surprise to you quite honestly. L- LA so I, I have, we're later in the episode, we're going to do some hot takes and I have a hot take regarding Austin Reeves. Um, okay. So it, it'll come full circle about why I like, I don't like this. Like I get it's a last year. We talked a lot about storylines in the NBA and how we're, well, I'm a fan of storylines and I get the Austin Reeves undrafted free agent, all-star game. Like it's, it's a, my career storyline. Um, that said, we'll talk about Austin Reeves a little later. That's a little foreshadowing. Okay. Do you have any surprises in the Western Conference card pool? I mean, James Harden, quite honestly, is surprising because I was trying to think of guards I'd rather have other than James Harden. And Anthony Edwards? Actually, Darren yeah, that, exactly. No, it's a really easy list to make. So, him being... Fourth. Fourth is very, yeah. Um, Eastern Conference front court features the highest vote getter so far, which is Giannis Antetokounmpo, at two point two million votes. Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid is second with one million eight hundred eight hundred forty-four thousand. I'm so bad at numbers today. Jason Tatum's third with one point seven million. Jimmy Butler. Coughing pit. Uh, Jimmy Butler is fourth with 800,000. Jalen Brown is fifth. This is a huge drop-off. Just under 500,000. And then Bam Adebayo, Mikael Bridges, Kristaps Porzingis, Kyle Kuzma, and Paolo Banchero round out the top ten. Um, that gap between the top three. Because the top three... Yes, Giannis has two million, but then Joel has one point eight million. Jason Tatum has one point, just under one point eight million, and then it falls to seven hundred thousand for Jimmy Butler. He should have more. Jimmy Butler should. Yep. So is that your big shock here that he's so low? Because for me, it's Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, I guess that's Kyle Kuzma is kind of shocking. But Kyle Kuzma also has the benefit of being on the Washington Wizards and being 
one of the people who gets to benefit from their their defense being atrocious and them having to put up a bunch of points. Um, for the Eastern Conference guards, we have Tyrese Halliburton at one point four million, uh, Damian Lillard at just under one million, Trey Young at eight hundred and seventy three thousand, Donovan Mitchell at four with six hundred and twenty four thousand. Tyrese Maxey is fifth with 480,000. And then Jalen Brunson, LaMelo Ball, Derek White, DeMar DeRozan, and Drew Holiday. So Tyrese Halliburton, obviously, Homer pick aside. It's it's deserved, deserved, but it's also the all-star game is in in, in Indianapolis. Oh, so he was going to be in regards. Yeah, he's going to get it, like, hands down. He deserves it, absolutely, but... um, Damian Lillard, that, that... that's the biggest flub, I think, because Damian Lillard has not been great this season. Um, Trey Young, you're not a big Trey Young fan. It, but... Isn't that no timeout? I understand Trey, but isn't that one of the things that I was saying going into the season that the Bucks might not be as good as we think that you thought they were going to be, specifically because of the defensive change. Going from Drew to so I think the defensive change is a big deal for sure, but I think the biggest problem is Dame is adjusting to not being the guy because in Portland it was always Dame time. Like Mm. he could literally do whatever he wanted whenever he wanted. He had a complete green light, and now he is the second option. Sometimes he's the third option. Sometimes Middleton takes that second option over. Sometimes Brooke Lopez takes that second option over. But regardless, Damian Lillard is not the guy on this team. And I don't think he's fully accepted that yet. I think that, I mean, he'll be 34 this year. Um, And I just don't think he's really adjusted to his own regression. And I don't think he's adjusted to not being that number one option anymore. Because, like... I haven't watched a lot of Bucks games, to be fair. I've watched six because they played the Pacers six times. And, like, in the Pacers, the last game against the Pacers, not the last game, two games because they played one, he went three for 16. That was an Angelo 2K stat line. He shot for three for 16 with one for nine from three. There's just something that's not clicking. We're not seeing the same game we're used to. Um, now, obviously, he's still shooting. Like, he's averaging 25 points per game, but he's it's at, like, 35% from three, 40% from the field. It's not the same game we're used to. But is that worthy of being the second most voted for guard in the Eastern Conference? Probably not. Because I... Honestly... Jalen Brunson should be higher. I think Jalen Brunson should be higher. I think Trey should be higher. I think if you compare Damian Lillard and Trey Young this season, ignore the rest of their careers, just this season, Trey Young is having a better season. Neither of them play defense, so you can't make that argument. Um, Donovan Mitchell, I I think that's fair where he is. Tyrese Maxey, that's probably fair where he is. LaMelo... Probably could be higher. Derek White, we'll get into Derek White later because, again, we're doing a little hot take segment. Um, DeMar DeRozan and Drew Holiday. Once you get to that spot, the Eastern Conference is really not that stacked for guard play. Um, 
because the only other player that could fall into that would be Darius Garland, maybe. And I think if you're telling me Darius Garland, DeMar DeRozan, or Drew Holiday at 10, I'm saying okay to that. Um, but yeah. Besides Dame, do you have anything about the Eastern Conference guards? No, not really. So, I think for the most part, they were fairly well done. Yeah, I think the voting, the first returns are always pretty good, and then they get screwed up because people start, like, spam voting for a meme player, and you end up with, like, ridiculous things. So, who's, so we've gone through the East and the West. Who do you think the meme player is going to be, and why is it Austin Reeves? Oh, it's absolutely Austin Reeves, but I will save that for our hot take segment. Okay. Because I do have I do have some uh, thoughts on that. Um. So every team has roughly eighteen games. Some have more. Some have less until the NBA trade deadline. Have you been following the Warriors over the past couple days? The past couple of days, no. I know they've been struggling mightily throughout the season. So last night against the Nuggets, Jonathan Kamingas, they sat him for the last eighteen minutes of the game. Sure. So after this happened, it came out that um Jonathan Kaminga this is from Shams, so it's legit. Jonathan Kaminga has lost faith in Steve Kerr and no longer believes that Kerr will allow him to reach his full potential. Immediately after this comes out. Okay. Dumas tweets, The people around Moses Moody are frustrated with the lack of a role and consistency. For lack of a better term, it feels like he's the sacrificial lamb whenever there's a logjam. He's the guy that falls out. So, besides the Draymond Green situation, it just seems like there's a little bit of trouble in paradise, right? As much as you, as much, as much as you're going to hate this, do you think that trading Jordan Poole and keeping Draymond around kind of also inadvertently sent uh, Kaminga and Mooney a message that they're still going to favor the old guard more than the new people coming in because Jordan Poole was originally supposed to be part of that with Kaminga and with Mooney. Yeah. So I think that, I think Dunleavy has to make a decision, right? So at this point, the dynasty's over, okay? Yeah. Like, this is not the Warriors team of 2016, 2017. This is not a legitimate contender. And as great as Steph Curry is, because Steph Curry still is the number one option on a contending team. The fact that they are so committed to Clay Thompson and Draymond Green at the expense of Steph Curry's legacy, that really just puts a little shadow over the entire Warriors organization, and I do think that that impacts Steph's legacy. Are you saying that if it was you, that you would be, you would have already moved Draymond and Clay, and you'd have Mooney and Kaminga out there? Absolutely. I would have, I would have shifted the focus because Clay and Draymond are not the players they used to be. There's just no way around it. 
Yeah. No, Raymond at this point is a paperweight. Like Jordan Poole said that he was a very expensive backpack for Steph. He he's a paperweight because he's not even playing half the time because the moment he gets unsuspended because he's rejoining the team I think it's tomorrow, um for practices to get ready to come back the the suspension still says indefinite so we don't know when he's coming back but the Warriors are acting like it will be within the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. It would not surprise me because. Players on other teams are going to know that Draymond is going to be on a short lease, and they're, they are going to be going at him. Right. I'm now, granted, you can't, like, instigate contact with Draymond because for whatever reason, the league has, like, baby gloves on with Draymond, and if you do something that sets Draymond off and it's obvious that you did it, they're going to say you instigated him and he's going to get off of it because he gets a slap on the wrist for everything he does. Um... But players will be trash-talking him, trying to get him to respond. It would not surprise me if by the third quarter of his first game back, he's done something questionable. And by that third game back, he's on the bench again. Like, as a suspension. I would have gone into this season knowing that you don't have that much longer of Steph Curry. Like, yeah, his game translates well to age, because shooters shoot, and like we saw it. We've seen it throughout history, whether it was Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, um, J.J. Redick. Shooters can play late in their career because it, they don't rely on athleticism. You don't suddenly forget how to shoot. Right. And Steph is probably the best shooter of all time. It's questionable now because we're in an era where everyone is shooting well. Um, but if I was Dunleavy... Going into last season, not this season, but last season, I'm looking at the future saying we don't have that long left of Steph, right? Steph is the franchise. Why are you not committed to building a core around him that's going to help him compete at the last chapter of his career? I mean, I think to them, they kind of did that by keeping Clay and Draymond and. The writing was on the wall, though. It was on the wall. But at the same time, Steph has been doing this with Clay and Draymond for so long. You think he would want someone new in the lineup? I think I think they did this. I think I think Steph had a hand in this. That that's and, just my question. That may be so, but if I'm in any form of operations for the Warriors organization, I'm sitting down with Steph and saying, look. You're right, they've been on the roster for that long, but how many games have they played with you? Because they haven't exactly been the healthiest pair in recent years, and I feel like Steph isn't an idiot. He's absolutely not. He can see that, you know, Draymond is not beneficial to have on the floor. Clay can still shoot, but is that all he's giving you? Yeah. For that price tag. Yeah. And if that is Steph, then that probably does impact his legacy. Should it? Probably not. But will it? Yeah. So with that being said, 
it's seeming more and more like the um, Woj had the prediction that we were going to have very few sellers. It's seeming like more and more teams are coming out or players are coming out being unhappy with their organization. Um, mm-hmm. Because there was another one. There's another player that's unhappy that just came out today, and I don't have that pulled up. I'll scroll through it as I'm talking here. Um, <laughs> DeJounte Murray? Yeah, DeJounte Murray. So DeJounte Murray has been made widely available, according to league sources. Um, and obviously, <laughs> Kaminga and Moses Moody, are, they're, they're nice. But DeJounte Murray is the first legitimate all-star player. Uh, obvious, besides Pascal and OG and Laurie, who we've heard about. Um, do you think there's truth to the rumors regarding DeJounte Murray? Yeah. Because absolutely. obviously the Hawks are going to go all in on Trey. They traded Luka Doncic for Trey Young. Um and you can say Dallas won that trade because Luca is the better player, but it's not like they traded him for Dragon Bender, right? It's it's Trey Young. Like he's still an All NBA player. Um, Dejounte Murray is very very nice, but if you're building a franchise, you you build around Trey Young. I think Trey is going to... I think this is generally going to be Trey's, uh, I guess, timeline. Is the Hawks are going to... It's, it's, it's going to be a lot like the Pacers, except Trey's not as good as Allie. The Hawks are going to continue to fail to get assets around him, whether it be because of bad coaching, whether it be because of bad you know, GMing. Trey's eventually going to get tired of it and he's going to demand out or he's going to stay in Atlanta and never really see any success. That's the way I, I look the, at it. The The thing, though, Atlanta is a big market. It it has decent weather. It has the Atlanta rap scene. So there is a music scene. There. Like There's a nightlife scene. There's, there's a attraction for free agents there, whereas Indiana, the better... Comparison would be the Paul George era. Um, just because in terms of the team already built around him, Paul George was by himself. Atlanta's most successful and best constructed roster was a constructed roster of role players. They aren't exactly getting all-stars to sign over there. Not act like they haven't had all-stars historically. Yes, the most... like the sign over there? Um, I mean, I don't have, like, things exactly. pulled up in front of me, but I I can pull them up real quick. Let's see. We'll be searching for a while. So. I'm going to go grab a drink while you search, since it's going to be a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh... You'll be searching. Oh, he actually did it. 
He actually did it. So I'm gonna wait for him to come back because there's a lot here actually. I don't know if they're actually signed. Um he actually did it. Let's talk about Angelo for a second here because you know, your boy came prepared. I've got my drink here. I don't have to go get one. I'm just here. Like, who who gets up during a recording to go and do something? It's, you know, it it really just speaks on how ill-prepared for things. All right. Did you really find good. your obscure uh, 2000s all-star? No, I just spent the last, like, five minutes, however long it took you to get that to uh, dunk on you a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. And how you're not prepared and you, you didn't have a drink next to you. Yep. Oh, no, I did. It's just the Trey Young talk, you know, bored me to sleep, so I had to drink all of my tea to wake up, and I had to get more. So, well, please continue along with the uh, great um, signing history of the Atlanta Hawks. Please. I'm Googling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I, I got one. I might have one. Oh, boy. Is this one before the ABA merger? Okay, so, okay. So, technically speaking, so technically speaking, this is... This, no, 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 this is fair. This is fair. This is fair. Dominique Wilkins was drafted. He by... went to the 1990s to find. Okay, go on. 1980s. Go on. He was drafted 82. Um, he, he was drafted by the Utah Jazz, third overall. But he refused to play for the Jazz and demanded a trade to Atlanta. Oh. So, technically, technically, he signed on draft night with, look, it's, it counts. I'm just saying Atlanta is a bigger market than Indiana. I'm not saying that they're, it, it's easier. That's all I'm saying. So, if Trey has this team in a contending spot, I think free agents would be willing to sign there. Will Trey get him into a contending spot? Probably not. I'm going to be honest. But it, it's apples and oranges. You're comparing a at least moderately sized market to a small market. Do you disagree with that? Did he? Angelo. <laughs> Oh my god. So this is like our every night whenever we're playing a video game. And if we ever do start the stream, uh, follow us on Twitch at No Reserves. Um, Angelo has this habit of getting up and walking away from his mic without saying anything. On Xbox, which is what we typically play on, we're able to tell when he does it because his mic echoes whenever he doesn't have it on his head. So like, I would be able to hear myself right now. But since he hasn't, actually, I think he just dropped out of the chat. 
Uh, and he's back. So my cat walked across my keyboard. And oh my god! On airplane mode. So I was like sitting here, like wondering why it wasn't connecting. Oh my god! I was just explaining to the listeners at home about your tendencies to get up and leave your mic during our parties, and I told them that once we start, which I know reserve streams. Um, they'll mm-hmm. be able to experience that, and you'll you'll hear us echoing because Angelo's mic he leaves it on, but he leaves the like headset part tucked by the speaker part. So like I'm when straight. we talk, yeah, it, it's really annoying. Good. Uh, but yeah, no. Are are you are 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 you disagreeing when it comes to the fact that Atlanta is a bigger market than Indianapolis? Because that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying like they've historically had better success. I'm saying if the Atlanta Hawks are in a spot to contend, it's going to be easier for them to attract free agents because it is Atlanta, not Indianapolis. I, I disagree. I completely disagree. You disagree. You think Indianapolis like, is com- more of a free agent destination than Atlanta? No, I think they're both crapshoots. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you're talking. Yeah, yeah. You know, would you rather? Would you rather have water from the tap, or would you rather have water from the drinking fountain? It's the same thing, dude. Like, come on. But it's it's really not. It really is. The weather alone is better in Atlanta. The nightlife is better than Atlanta. Atlanta has an actual music scene. I'm sure when Dominique was requesting his trade from Utah, that's what he was thinking about. The music scene, the music scene is the music scene is so good they have not been able to attract a single big name free agent in 30 years. Probably have. I just my googling (laughs) skills are not the best. Uh huh. I'm. So. What are, let's talk about some, well, I guess we should talk about the, we talked a little bit about trade rumors. We should talk about the big trade that happened. Uh, OG Ananobi traded finally from the Toronto Raptors to the New York Knicks in exchange for Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett. There were some other pieces involved, like uh, Precious Achua went to the Raptors. Um, but th- that's the main core of the trade. Do you think there were any winners and losers in this trade, or do you think it was a pretty fair swap? See, I low-key miss Adam because Adam thinks this was like a lopsided trade on the part of the, the uh, Nick. No, so not you, the Nick. The Raptors. The Raptors. So you think the Raptors came out like bandits? I don't agree with that because besides Zach Levine, I think RJ Barrett is one of the biggest empty stats players in the league. He plays a little more defense than Levine, but like his production is kind of meaningless. I like quickly, but OG is literally in like the 99th percentile of defensive players in the league. And he's pretty good offensively, too. 
So I feel like it's a wash because you're getting the production from Barrett and then you're getting the kind of all-around okayness from Quickly. And then the Knicks are getting the forgettable Precious Chua and then OG Ananobi, who's the best player in the deal. Like, that's not arguable. Can you have a deal where, like, you don't like... I don't know how to explain it. I think the Raptors are kind of going all in and trying to set themselves up to be Kawhi away from another championship run. But, like, I don't know. I don't think Masai is good enough to pull it off. Because it's like he's trying to play, like, 4D chess. Yeah. Because... So... Their biggest trade asset now is Pascal Siakam, correct? And he wants a return like the Gobert trade. The problem is, Pascal has, or Pascal's camp, for whatever reason, Masai can't get them under control because they've told teams that we're not signing for anyone, we're coming back to Toronto after our free agency if anyone trades for us. Oh my god. Yeah, so like he's kind of hamstringing them a little bit. Um, so I don't think they have the assets to pull it off because Masai thought he was going to get a lot more than RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly for OG on the Nobi. OG, yeah. And I just don't think it's realistic. I I think the Raptors are a team that can compete very soon, but I don't think like this set into motion the pieces. Um, because again, Toronto is arguably one of the biggest markets in the NBA because it's all of Canada um, because they're yeah. the only Canadian team. And like, they do have some great uh, spokespeople to try to convince people to come, like, I don't know, Drake. Um, so I feel like yep. they will be competing relatively soon again. I just don't think it's going to be because of these trades. I've actually signed an all-star caliber player before the Hawks have. I don't know if that's factual. I just, I don't know the Hawks so history. I- so, yes. No, I, I get Kawhi. I'm saying I don't know who the Hawks have signed. Exactly. Did a very That's my whole point. Game. That's my whole point. Uh, who were the Pacers signing in 2013? Mm-hmm. Who were the Lakers signing in 2013? Who did the Cavs sign in 2014, Angela? Right, like, you don't think about these things. Yeah, uh, because they're not. But I'm not asking you to name like role players the Hawks signed. I'm asking you to to name a big name player they signed. And the fact that you can't think of one probably means that there isn't right one. Right off the top of my head, no, but I'm sure exactly. there is. Okay. You're also forgetting. Like I don't remember. Like you'll hear me on this podcast say there's something else I want to talk about, but I don't remember what it is. All the freaking time, Angelo. That's my own thoughts. <laughs> you think I remember a player that was signed in 76? I mean, no. you tried to bring up a player that was uh, signed. In that was just the first Google option. 
<laughs> like I said, I googled it. We don't have an Austin. Austin normally does the googling. We'll settle it later. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the the we've seen the ball go in the hoop. We have seen the first trade of the year in terms of actual relevant trades. Will it open the floodgates? Probably not. But it is a good sign that we finally saw OG get moved because it feels like OG's been in trade rumors every year of his career. Um, uh, what was I saying? I do think they'll move Pascal. I just don't think they're going to get the assets that they expect for it. And Angelo just did the dropout thing again. This is a really frustrating episode. I'm talking to our recording program right now. That's that's the only person in here with me. And you, the listener. If you like what we do here, go ahead and leave a like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on all the socials. Austin's eventually going to do that. Follow us on Twitch at No Reserves. We are starting that soon, but not in the way we thought we were going to. And he's back. Are you good now, Angelo? Yeah, I should be good. So, um, believe it or not, so do you want to talk about the issue with the music? Because I kind of want to talk about the issue with the music. Uh, it's, it's a little off topic, but sure. So, yeah, it, it, I, I guess it's important because if you're a longtime listener, you, you've been used to the music that's been at the intro of every Purple Baggin. Purple Baggin. That's actually the name of it. So it's royalty free, um, and we've been utilizing it, it without issues for God a year now because it wasn't on like Almost. the first few episodes. Um, last week, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, we got a copyright notice about it. Um, so we stopped. We stopped using it, and then after doing some research on the subject it turns out that there's actually like a lot of not necessarily stuff that no no, this is full-on shady okay so no video that i have published since i stopped using purple bag in this copyright okay so let me explain something that's annoying to me because be, I'm looking at the videos that these that these are getting copyrighted. This is like an hour and a half. This is almost two hours. Hour and a half. Two hours. Hour 30. There is an 11 second clip of a copy, or not copyright, of a royalty free audio file, and there are people who just go around trying to, like, imagine if we actually had subscribers, and they were actually getting money from us for this. Yeah, like, that would be obnoxious um i mean it doesn't so much because we haven't we've only got the copyright claim on the youtube side of things we haven't got it anywhere else yet but it's the so what they do because again we were researching it is people will release royalty free sound bites and then quote unquote royalty no 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 they release them royalty free because they have to release them as royalty free And then, like, a year or two after they release them, they file a copyright on them. And apparently this is an okay thing to do, which is strange to me. 
So they basically get people using their product and then they claim it like later. A little annoying, a little obnoxious, but a little stupid. So it is what it is. So I was going to introduce a few because the soundboard has been expanded. Run. God. So we have two audio clips that we can use at any point. I'm going to play them for you right now, buddy. Just for you. (laughs) This is why I wanted Austin. And then the second one, the second one, you'll probably like this. <laughs> I feel like the Austin one is a little too long. You should have just left it as taking advantage of me when I was younger. Like just left it. You know, you want you want you want the instant realization of regret taken out. I want the. I think you should have them as two <laughs> separate. I think you should have the instant realization of regret as its own soundboard that you can play after he says something like that. Okay, I think you're onto something with this. I, I think, I think that's brilliant. Because <laughs> you can, like, it's mind games. Because, like, nobody listening oh! knows it's not him saying it at that time. So when he says something, you can just play that. And it's, like, manipulative. I like it. That sounded bad. Oh, that would be great. That would be great. You know what? I'm on board with this. I do. I'm on board. I I welcome the new soundboard. This is actually the first time I've been okay with the soundboard. Um, But regarding the music, we're currently figuring it out. Maybe it'll be on this episode. You, I don't know. If there was music at the start of this no. episode, we figured it out. Uh-huh. We still like, have like, like you, I, you, you don't understand how petty I am. I'm going to be about this. I'm keeping those up, and I'm never like if we get like a billion subscribers ever. Like I'm not claiming any money on any of those videos i'm just keeping them up as like a lifetime reminder of how shady the businesses can be so we are we are working on getting actual like yeah no we're getting, we're working on getting a, a new like audio file that's not gonna you know completely screw us yeah 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 we're yeah. forget royalty free we're just gonna pay for one um it, I think the royalty fee free was good, like when we started, because we didn't know what we were doing. But I think yeah, we no, need to be more um, us, and we will figure that out. Yeah, hundred Um, so biggest surprises and disappointments so far for the NBA season, because we are just under halfway through the season. I think the biggest surprise for me, and I don't know if you agree with me on this was the actual success of the in-season tournament. I don't think that... <laughs> I, I'm talking strictly from a business point of view. Because the in-season tournament games, their ratings were up. People were invested in it. Like, if you go anywhere, like, the only jerseys you can buy in Indiana are the in-season tournament ones. Disgusting. Um, it's... I, I think it was a big success. I think it did what it was supposed to. Because part of Tyrese Halliburton's emergence into superstardom was national television. Like, that was the point of the in-season tournament, was we were going to get more of these teams that weren't necessarily contenders. Like, they weren't teams you're going to see on Christmas Day, but they were going to get more exposure. I think it did work out, 
a lot better than I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be like a fun little distraction. I didn't think anyone would take it seriously. I remember um who was it at the start of the season during the interview said he didn't know what the insert what was going on at the in-season tournament? I don't know, but no one knew what was going on with the in-season tournament. No, absolutely not. The only reason we knew what it was was because as we were talking about it, we had all the notes pulled up about it. Um, I think it was executed poorly. Bones Island. It was Bones Island. I think it was executed, at least at the start, executed very poorly. I think think that... But I think it ended up being well. Yes. Because I I do think those games did have... Like, they weren't more meaningful or anything, but it had I mean, more of a playoff atmosphere. But it they did have, were. like, the kind of grindy games. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that was... I think it went really well. I think the ending went really well. And I think... Once again, you know, the gift of LeBron James just keeps giving. I think the fact that it was LeBron playing in the final game of the in-season tournament really did help it as well. Agree? For sure. (laughs) It's like, I think the NBA really desperately wanted a Boston Lakers in-season tournament finale. Just for that story, it would have been fitting. It would have been fitting, yeah. But to have LeBron James in that game and to win it, I think it really did kind of put that little bit of um, like confirmation on it for people that were kind of out of it. Because like, if LeBron's taking it seriously, everyone's taking it seriously. Um, and I, I, I just think it really did play out very well. I enjoyed it. I didn't like the courts at first. I hated most of the jerseys, and I still do. But the courts kind of grew on me as I got used to them. Uh, And I do hope they bring it back, just because it was kind of a fun way to make meaningless games in November mean something. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess that's fair. um, What about Anthony Edwards? He's been... I I don't want to say it's surprising... That was actually going to go on with my first. I think the most surprising okay. thing this year has been the Timber Pups. Just Timber the Wolf. way they have clipped. Yeah, the Timberwolves. The way they have clipped. Not clipped. The way they have clicked. It seems like the stuff that we talked about on paper with the Rudy Gobert trade is finally, you know, starting to translate to on court production. Anthony Edwards obviously has taken a huge leap and is the team's number one scorer, which he needed to be, if I'm being real. Yeah, for he sure. He needed to be. And no, it's great. They have interior defense with Gobert. They have a bunch of scoring with Anthony Edwards and Cat. And right now, they're the number one team in the West. So we can accept that the Gobert trade was still an overpay, but it's not 100%. As, it's not as bad of a trade now. Like with this success, I think that Quite, the justification is there because they quite honestly. Gobert. I think I think you're saying that a little bit prematurely because let's be real. It, I'm, it I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna bring this back to like football for a second. 
I've always told Alex because he always is very hesitant to go all in for pieces to win a championship. And I, and I always reiterate this statement. What you paid isn't relevant after you win that championship. If you fail to win that championship, then it's relevant and you made a mistake. If the Timberwolves don't like execute on that, go bear trade with like at least a deep playoff run, if not a finals appearance, then that will always be viewed. We're going to, we're going to be talking about this trade, regardless of what happens this season. We're going to be talking about this trade as one of the worst in NBA history if the Timberwolves do not find a way to get that to a finals appearance at some point down the line in Gobert's career. That's fair. I just think that, like, the original shock of the trade, I think that just based on this regular season success, for me personally, it's not as extreme. It's still, like, a terrible trade. But I don't so much hate it anymore. I don't like it. I do. I don't hate it. The trade was so bad that another GM thought they could get the similar value for OG Ananobi, and it was an astonish, astounding no across the NBA. So, in that sense, it was a very terrible trade. I think the market this year is less, though. Would you rather have OG Ananobi or Rudy Gobert? I would rather have OG Ananobi. But I agree with you. They weren't available in the same trade deadline. That's fair. I'm just saying I think the market is worse this year. And I think we talked about that last week on the episode where I think the market was going to be pretty bad um, just in terms of assets being moved. Um, another team, personally surprising, Orlando Magic. Um, I think that obviously Paolo has emerged into a star. He's so, damn near a superstar. So maybe I probably should save this for the hot takes, but quite honestly, the Orlando Magic are kind of, I would try to use another NBA team, like the Clippers. The Clippers where you're always like next year is going to be the Clippers year. The Orlando Magic is kind of like that where next year was going to be the playoff run and it feels like this year is finally next year. But my hot take is I don't think the team's built to sustain where they have performing and they're kind of on a slump right now. I wouldn't be shocked if they're a playing team by the end of the year, if not out. I don't think that I'm comfortable saying they'll be a play on team playing team. I think that they're, I would be fairly sure for them to be a playoff lock this year. Um, just because as we get later in the season, the bumps and bruises of the regular season, they are a very young team. I think their oldest players like, well, Joe Ingles, but besides Joe Ingles, I think their oldest players are like 26. So they're very young. They're very equipped for the end of the season grinding. Um, obviously, Paulo Banchero has been amazing, but Franz Wagner averaging 21 per game. Uh, Cole Anthony, 14. Jalen Suggs, 13. Markel Fultz, 13. No, Markel Fultz, 11. Uh, Mo Wagner, 11. And then as you get more into that bench, like Wendell Carter Jr. is averaging 8. Goga Batadze, who was almost out of the league, averaging damn near 8 points per game. They're a deep team. You have to get down to number 
12 on their bench, which is Joe Ingles, to get to a player averaging less than five points a game. So they, they have, were deep last year. They were deep last year, but they were also younger last year. Like, age is like a double-edged sword. You have to have the perfect balance. And this year, they're a little bit older. They've had some injury issues um, throughout the season, obviously. Um, I just don't think that it's as much of a stretch to say they're going to make the playoffs this year. I think last year, you could have argued. But this year, it's uh, it's very... What's your next one? It's... Oh, we're going to do hot takes? Oh, no, no, no. We're going through biggest surprises and disappointments. We haven't got a disappointment, though. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Biggest surprises and disappointments. Disappointments for me because I thought they were going to be better, and obviously they're not as the Wizards. Just, just, just the Wizards. You should have saved that for a hot take because you're the only one that was shocked by that one. <laughs> I was. You're probably right. See, this is this is they kind of like surprises and disappointments and hot takes kind of go hand in hand. It's just Jordan Poole. I'm not gonna say he's a bad basketball player. He's absolutely not a bad basketball player, but he's a bad basketball player. Oh my god. I mean that as like a compliment. Like obviously he's good enough to make the league. He's good enough to be a starter in the league. But that man, if you like you go into the dictionary and you type like tank commander, right? It's not gonna show up like General Patton or Erwin Rommel or one of the historical tank. It's it's Jordan Poole. He is definitionally the best tank commander of all time. Man doesn't even know the rules to the game he is a professional at. Did your cat walk across your keyboard again? Nope. I got okay. nothing. Uh, <laughs> side note, nothing uh, just that. going back to the magic, did you see they're going to retire Shaq's jersey? Really? Finally. <laughs> No, I yeah, I must say I thought that was a whole pet them and the Timberwolves and KG, but I heard that was a whole petty saga between Shaq and the Magic. No, oh, it's uh, they're finally retiring his jersey. I it obviously warranted. Um, I don't want to. Why you have the only finals appearances I can remember that the Magic have had? Yeah, the Penny Shaq. Arrow was kind of nice. Just a little nice, you know. Hot take. Penny and Shaq were good at basketball. Um, I have a hot take involving no. 90s scenes, so you're ready for that. I never sent you that video, did I? Which one? <laughs> the one that was like comparing games through like every decade it was really no. interesting I'll, I'll send it to you later um i was gonna have the houston rockets but it really i don't know if i can put them here because they've kind of hit their average again for for the first for the start of the season they were very surprising um and they're still nice, but it's just, it's a lot of singun. 
Would you consider Wemby a disappointment not on the basis that, you know, he's not performing well, but on the basis that you wouldn't have expected the Spurs to, like, reject him the way that they have, at least the Spurs players? I I don't think so. No. So, going back to LeBron's draft, do you not remember the Cavs saying, oh, we don't need LeBron? The Cavs players, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's the same thing with Wimby. I think it's because you have a player that gets that tag of generational talent. And generational talent means the best player of a generation, right? Yep. So when you're a team that's so bad that you get the first overall pick, right? And you, like the fans, like your fans, the people that were cheering for you three months ago, are talking about how the franchise is saved because you have this new player, right? It's It's got to feel a little grating. Because, like, you're saying, oh, well, we're, we're not good enough, right? We, the Spurs, are ass. How can it be... Okay. How can it be a little grating, though? Because I understand people, like, have egos. You're an NBA player, you're making millions of dollars. But at the end of the day, your perf- your record and your performance dictate what you are yeah. to a fan's eyes. So how right. can you see? That's like me being like, well, I'm mad that our Pro-Am team is 0-6 and, and we're not considered. But like, bro, we've, we've put up the performances to earn that record. They have put right, up the right. performances to earn Wemby. So I don't really see how you can be mad about being excited for getting a number one pick because you put them in that position to do that. Like, I don't know. I I don't think it's that they're mad that they got the pick. I think it's the, like... But that was part of what you were saying. Like, you were saying along the lines that... Go ahead, sorry. No, Uh, what what I'm saying is, like, from the player's point of view. I'm not saying, like, they're mad about the pick. Right. Because they put themselves in that situation. You're absolutely correct. What I'm saying is like going to 2K. Okay. So let's say you were playing like you, Adam, Austin, Riley, Connor and Hunter are playing. Okay. And you guys go 0 and 6. Right. But you're averaging like 30. You're, You're doing everything you can. Right. And then I get online, and everyone's like, oh, we're saved. Ren's here. Like, you've been doing everything you can. Like, it's not your fault you're losing, right? It might be your fault, but what I'm saying is, it's, it, it, in your eyes, like, you're doing everything you can, and now everyone's acting like you're irrelevant because the Savior's here. So, that was what happened in 2003 with LeBron and the Cavs. And that's kind of what's happening with the Spurs right now is we have these players that have been on the Spurs for a couple seasons. They were terrible. They got Wemby. They're still terrible. But when they got Wemby, it was like, oh, the Spurs are saved. The Spurs finally have a good player. And these players that were giving everything they had were like, yeah, what, what was this? Like, it's, it's a little grating is what I'm saying. Is it right? No, but it, it's expected. Disagree? I no, I yeah, I completely disagree. Quite honestly, no, it's explained because 
that's what's happening. <laughs> Whether you agree or not, that's the what. I, I, that's I, what I, it I is. Get, I get that's what's happening, but where where is the like introspective that my performance got here? And even if I'm trying my best, hold on, hold on, my time, best time, isn't time, good time, enough. Time, time, my time. best isn't good enough. That's that's reality. My no, no, best no, isn't no, no, good no, enough. Time, time, that's I'm why the time. other guy's here. I, I, I gotta stop you right there. Huh? Basketball, per, forget basketball. Professional athletes are a lot of things, Angelo. They are a lot of things. They are not introspective at all. <laughs> there. So the only time a player has ever been introspective in any sort of way, publicly. It gets memed to hell. Do you remember when LeBron tweeted, maybe I'm the problem? Oh, I thought you were going to bring up Kyrie. Oh, no. (laughs) Kyrie calls his fans cockroaches between his feet. That man is the furthest thing from introspective. But Mark Cuban would disagree. Mark Cuban. I, I don't know. Mark Cuban is Mark Cuban. Um. I'm just saying, like, whether you agree with it or not, that's what's happening. Sure. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and do the the homer pick, the Pacers. Pretty surprising. This guy. It, it's surprising for everyone else. It's not surprising for me. I will say I am surprised that they are looking like a legitimate playoff contender, not a finals contender by any stretch of the imagination, but a team that could upset a team in the first round. Um, Maybe. I mean, they got the Bucks number. They got the Bucks number. Oh, stop this. You know what the record? Stop this. It's five and one. Pacers have won five games against the Bucks. Well, hopefully you pull them in the first round then. We'll see uh, how good that five and one is. That would be a great series. It would be. be Like the drama around it, I'm all for it. Win or lose, like that just, it would be a fun series. I just think that, I think the Pacers were a team that were a year or two away from being in this race. And now the performance of Tyrese Halliburton, because while the Pacers have been good, they're not this good. It is Tyrese Halliburton doing everything. I think the elevation of Tyrese. Your offense is that good. But it's, that's because of Halliburton. He's such a... Teams are doubling him in the half court. Like, it... Like, they're so scared of what he's going to do with the ball that he's getting double trapped before he crosses half court. The on-off rating is insane. I just... I don't want the Pacers to blow up the youth movement because we're not where we need to be yet and i don't think we're one or two pieces away like some of the fans do this is a two or three year window i think before we're competing it is nice though i do think that a lot of people are surprised by how good the pacers are because i was one of the people prior to this season that thought we would be contending for a lottery pick high lottery pick um but halliburton's emergence it's it's surprising. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Generally, he agrees. 
Uh, one more. The Cavs have been a little disappointing. I was actually going to say that. Yeah, 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 go ahead. You lead that one because that's, that's yours. Uh, it kind of feels like we have a mini identity crisis because we have Mobley and Jared Allen and last year it looked like they could coexist, but this year it looks more and more like because of how like perimeter centric the NBA has gotten that having them both together is kind of redundant. So I think Max Drews, you know, you can say what you want that whatever Jimmy Butler, Miami Heat, whatever the playoffs got Max Drews paid. Max Drews has actually been playing really well for us. No, he has. I, that, I'm that, not going to deny it. That has been a, a very pleasant surprise, but I think the Cavs are in this weird spot where we have two centers and we have two guards, like two small guards and two big centers. Yeah, I was gonna and, say two, it's two undersized guards is the problem. Yeah. And it's just like, it just doesn't mesh. Like it needs so, to. It needs so to given the fact that let's, 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 let's get introspective here. Um, Given the fact that Donovan Mitchell is a bigger flight risk than Darius Garland, agree or disagree? Agree. Okay. So do the Cavs, is there a path where the Cavs look to move Jared Allen and Donovan Mitchell in some massive superstar unforeseen trade because of the fact that you have a, like, the backcourt is too undersized. And it's not that they're just undersized, it's that they're both undersized and they can't play defense. I don't know what you get, like, if you, so let's say, you're, are you talking about moving both at the same time? I have no idea what you get in return that could be worth that. I, I, I'm not necessarily saying both at the same time, like both at the same time, but maybe not together. Because together, you're looking at like a... I don't know, because there's really... You would exactly. have to get two pieces back that matter. Because I was going to say Mikel Bridges, but then I was trying to think of who else. Exactly. Um, there isn't. There isn't. So it would have to be two separate packages. But to, like, would you foresee a situation where they're both getting moved? Is more what I'm asking. I could. I think what... As crazy as this sound, I think what might end up happening is we move them for a bunch of draft picks and then we kind of like stew on it for a season and then we try to move those draft picks for the players that would facilitate a Garland and um, Mobley future. Because the future of the team, regardless of Garland, regardless of Mitchell, it, it's Mobley. Yeah. Understood. It's just how do you get from A to B? How do you get to where Mobley is like Giannis on the Milwaukee Bucks. How do you build that roster around Mobley? I mean, you can't use Giannis as an expectation because Giannis was such a out of left field emergence. Um, I'm not and, saying that he's going to be Giannis. I'm just saying, how do you build a roster around him similar to the way the Bucks have built around Giannis? I mean, you've got a good starting point because you have Isaac Okoro, you've got Darius Garland. Um, I think you're in a better situation to build around him than the Bucks were at that point in time, because at that point in time, did they had Chris Middleton and that was it? Yeah. Did they even have Chris Middleton yet? 
Dude, they had to have. They had to have, yeah. Hold on. I'm I'm Googling this. But now like at that point in time. Giannis was essentially Slender Man. So like it was a completely different time to be alive. Giannis was 2013. Was Chris Middleton in Milwaukee? 2012, second round pick in 2012. Okay, they so it, they drafted him back to back. Okay, basically. So, wow. Okay. So yeah, they, they they had Middleton, and then who else was on? Who was on the early framework for the Bucks? Freaking Michael Red. <laughs> Why does it feel like Michael Red <laughs> like was in the league a lot? Further back. Hold on. Let's get some nostalgia. You want me to get Ursan Ilyasova, Brandon Knight, OJ Mayo. I remember Brandon Knight. He was like, he was was hot for a year. The only thing I remember from Brandon Knight is the fact that he was, or was, am I thinking Brandon Jennings? Which one? Which one always was on like highlight reels for other players? Was it Jennings? (laughs) <laughs> Who got their ankles broken by Kyrie at the Rising Stars game? Kyrie. I think it was Brandon Knight. Where he did that, like, yeah, 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 it was Brandon Knight. And Brandon Knight, like, got dunked on by... Uh... It was definitely Brandon Knight. Yeah, yeah, 100% Brandon Knight. Um... Oh, no. I want to remember all these things. These were like all my envy. DeAndre Jordan, when he absolutely murdered Brandon Knight. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, when he made that face of the freaking yeah. oop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Poor Brandon Knight. Um, Ersan Ilyasova, if you played 2K back in these days, man's always got traded for you because there was always, like, a storyline where you got traded, and it was always for Ersan Ilyasova, no matter what the team was. Uh, Tony Mitchell, Gary Neal, Zaza Pachulia. I did not know he was on the box of this one. Zaza! Yeah. Um, all right, so you ready to get into some some spicy takes, or do you have any more surprises? In there, no, no, I'm ready for the spicy takes. Okay, do you, do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Don't matter. Okay, I'll start. I'll go ahead and start. Um, because we, we alluded to Austin Reeves earlier and I just, I want to talk about Austin Reeves a little bit. So Austin Reeves is the 2020s Mo Williams. And what I mean by that is he's (laughs) the latest, you you get it because you're a Cavs fan. Mo Williams made an all-star team, but Mo Williams was a bench player for most teams when he made an all-star team. It's just, he has what we called the LeBron gravitational effect. LeBron is such a great offensive facilitator that playing with him is going to open up opportunities for you, whether directly or not. Like LeBron doesn't have to assist on your basket. He doesn't even have to be on the floor for you to benefit from playing with LeBron because LeBron is going to get the tougher defensive matchups. He's going to wear them down. You're going to get an easier time. The story of Austin Reeves is great, and I love it, and I hope to God I'm wrong, and I hope he does end up having a successful NBA career because undrafted to NBA All-Star or whatever the case may be, it's great. I just don't see it as reality. 
I'm not as enamored by Austin Reeves as everyone else is, it seems. Do you agree? Yeah, I generally agree with that. God damn. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, buddy, but I think you're right. It's kind of hard. Which is kind of funny because one of the biggest knocks if you're against LeBron is that he's always had all-stars around him, but we fail to realize the just the sheer amount of people who have who who are average, let's be real, average NBA players who he's turned into all-stars or he's gotten big contracts. Right. I think that which what was the year that both Kyrie and Kevin Love went down? I think it was 2016. I think that 2016 Cavs run just perfectly encapsulates everything LeBron is capable of. All right. Yay, Nick. I mean, I I I generally agree. Okay. All right, my hot take. So this was a conversation me and Adam had, and he vehemently disagreed, so I wonder if you will, too. If you teleported the 90s Bulls into today's NBA, hmm. they would be a lottery pick until Jordan and Pippen got accustomed, and then they'd need a whole new supporting cast. I think Jordan and Pippen would be fine, but yeah, they would be pretty terrible. So I think that you have... There's a lot of rules that were made that kind of benefited Jordan. I'm not saying he was successful because of the rules. That's horrible. Okay, 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 okay. Let, let's be real about something here real quick about Jordan. Jordan is great. I have him as my second best player. The fact that you can put a center who doesn't know how to shoot a three-point shot in the left corner and someone had to go one-on-one with Jordan from the perimeter to the paint inflated it, his, no, I, his, I'm, his I'm scoring not, I'm numbers not saying it didn't benefit him at all i'm not i'm not saying that I, i'm never gonna like a legal man defense i'm not i'm not a moron i'm not saying that jordan wouldn't be able to do anything against a two three zone i'm saying it'd be a lot harder for him when he has to have different looks different people guarding him all the time and just different speeds to today's nba i'm saying that when it comes to jordan Jordan would be Jordan is a player that could play in any NBA era. He's one of the few players I think legitimately could. Kobe is another. And the reason being is if you beat them, they were going to figure out how you beat them and they were going to come back at 100 miles per hour attacking that. So if you were to teleport Michael Jordan to the modern NBA, Michael Jeffrey Jordan would be fine. He would be able to be a all NBA MVP caliber player because he would figure it out. He would be shooting like Steph. If that's oh, no, what I agree. Do. Yeah, no, I agree. The Bulls would be a lottery team. Jordan I is agree. great. Jordan is not carrying a team, especially with the modern rules, um, to an NBA Finals. It, 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 I would argue even the play. Like he would. Let me. No. Jordan is when probably. Say, let me. Let play. me explain this. When I say lottery me- team, I mean closer to one three than I mean closer to fourteen fifty. I don't. I don't agree with that. Just because I think Jordan is good enough that he's gonna go out and get you wins. I. I think that they, depending on the year, depending on the matchups, I think that Jordan. Pippen to an extent, because Pippen offensively would probably take a hit, but defensively he would be fine. 
Um, Dennis Rodman would take a hit offensively, but he was never Huge great offensively anyway. Yeah. But defensively, he would be fine. The rest of the players, Steve Kerr would be fine in the modern NBA. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I just don't think that they would be good enough to be that true contender, but I think Jordan by himself gets you into the playoffs in the modern NBA. I don't think so. He's impossible to stop getting to the rim. He's like Mike, or he's like LeBron in that aspect. He's that physical in nature, even though he's smaller. He gets to the rim at will, and he would be shooting like Steph. Eventually, I don't. So think I think, you, I like think, I said, like I, I said, the context was you teleport that team to now. I think there is an adjustment period. For That's the what first I'm season, first season, sure, absolutely. But I, I think because I'm guessing Adam said they would be like a one-two seed. Yes. Yeah, and you said they would be a twenty-nine thirty seed. Yes. I, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think they would be a playoff team, but I think they would be a fringe playoff team. Like they would be kind of in there just because I do think even if you were to teleport them right now, like they don't get any time to like learn the modern NBA. I still think Jordan is good enough that he's going to carry a team to the playoffs. Are they going to make any noise in the playoffs now? But that's just, all right. You got another one? Or do you want me to go with another one? Um, I do have another one, actually. I don't know if this next one is hot, but we'll see. So my next one is while he is not as good, I would argue Derek White is more important to the Celtics oh than Jalen or Jalen Brown. Oh my god, you are fucking crazy. Go on. I I think that we've kind of He took the Brogdon role, dude. He took the Brogdon role, but he did it better. And I think that... Oh! Some... Go on. So... Go on. The... Jalen Brown, if we were to define Jalen Brown as a player, most people would say it's a two-way player, right? Like, that's that's been his shtick. That's his gold card that is what his benefit is correct correct this season i'm I'm not talking about career i'm talking about this season in particular this season jalen brown has been relying heavily on his offense and kind of taking plays off defensively whereas Derek white every play every single play and this is where it's different from malcolm brogdon because malcolm brogdon was not a man to like get out and run on defense Derek White is going to chase you down into the corner and then sprint into the other corner. He's not like his two way play has been more beneficial to the Celtics than Jalen Brown because all Jalen Brown has been relying on this season is his offense. Now, overall, skill set, Jalen Brown is the better player. I'm saying this season to the Celtics in particular, Derek White has been more valuable. Has he been better? Has he been better? No, I'm not saying he's been better. I'm saying that his impact has been more valuable than Jalen Brown. Quite honestly, I think if this season has proven anything to me, it's that while this isn't going to happen because having them both together is a huge selling point, I think Jalen Brown needs his own team. Oh, for sure. I, I think we talked about that last year, like after that contract. Honestly, you want you want a deal? That makes sense 
for Darius Garland. There you go. Actually, that's a good. That would be a really good fit. Or not Darius Garland, but Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, you were, you, you were, you were in my headspace. Yeah. So, my next one is simple. I think. Okay, screw it. <laughs> the Timberwolves will be eliminated in the first or second round. I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think that's a hot take because I think that. Think so? No, because I think that we all understand. Like, while it has been exciting to watch the Timberwolves, and like, I do think that this is real for sure. I don't think it translates to playoff basketball because the game is completely different once you get to the playoffs, and we'll call it an upset. But. If that eight seed is, let's say, the Orlando Magic, the Indiana Pacers. No, 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 no. No, the, the Timberwolves are in the West. Imagine they pull the oh, Lakers. Yeah. Imagine they pull the Lakers. I think that's done, though. I'm picking the Lakers. Oh, yeah, I'd pick the Lakers in that situation, too. I don't know if I would pick the Lakers to go further than that, but. I just, I, I think there's a lot left to be desired with the Timberwolves. I think that it's a great start. I think that this season really proved that because to this point, it's been they're too big, right? It's That's more been, or less proof of concept. Yeah, it's proof of concept. I don't think it's a hot take. I, I think it's a warm take because they would be in this hypothetical situation. They're the one seed and we're saying they're going to get beat by the eight seed. And on paper, yes, that's a hot take. But I think the realist and everyone would see it as they punched above their weight. They were figuring this out. They proved that they could do it. Now let's see what they do next season. Yeah, and I think that um, Matt needs more playoff seasoning under him. And I think then they'll be fine. Um, not necessarily a hot take, but I think Wemby's struggles early are going to have the media turn on him and kind of, because you're kind of seeing it a little bit where the average sure. media decorum is to go towards Chet as Chet's the rookie of the year, which is fair. I, I oh. will say as of right now, Chet is the rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how the season's going to progress, but I was going to say, this wasn't going to be part of a hot take, but I was going to say, I think at some point this year we get an Austin victory lap. I, I do think so. I do think that thus far in the season, I think Chet Holmgren has been the better player. And I think he might end up being the better player for this season. What I'm saying is I think that the media is going to turn on Chet or Wimby. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to see next year Wimby kind of emerge into the player he's going to be because we see the flashes, right? Like when Wimby is nice, Wimby is nice. Now, that being said, this is not part of this. Did you see some of the quotes from Chet this weekend? No. So I'm actually very impressed by his professionalism because he is young. So um, the first question he was asked was about... Um, hold on, let me pull it up. Because I, I want to get the exact quote because it was fantastic. <laughs> You 
Uh... It would help if I typed his name right. You misspelled Chet Holmgren. Um, because I'm bad at things. Uh, Hold on. So he was asked. You don't even have to spell Holmgren. You just put chat and then Google. It's the first thing on Google. I'm not on Google. Okay. 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 So I'm on X Twitter. Okay, okay. Okay. Exter, whatever. Um, Exter. So he was asked basically if their success has like, like the if the Thunder's success matters to him, right? A fair question. Yeah. This man says it doesn't satisfy anybody. We have a long way to go, right? Yep. Job's not finished. He was then asked. If he thought OKC is a contender this year. His response was, we have over 50 games in the regular season left to play. So to worry about playing in the NBA finals at the start of January, we'll miss out on a lot of opportunities to get better. Wow! This man. I am a fan. Like, immediately. Wow! That is, like, veteran poise. And I knew I knew you would like that quote because that's 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 an Angelo type quote. Um, so job's yeah, not finished. The job's not finished. So I am I am very um my my hat has been changed on the chat situation. Do I think Wimby's the better player overall? Yes, probably. Um, again, you don't get a generational label without the acumen, but. Chet was pretty uh, generational in his draft as well. So this year, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't call Chet generational. I think I think Chet prior was more to draft, prior to yeah. his draft, when he was like up and coming through high school, there was a lot of buzz around Chet. Well, yeah, well, yes, true, but I think we're gonna. This is probably gonna be the t- proof of concept is gonna be the title of this of this freaking podcast but i think chet's draft was kind of proof of concept of wemby and i think when chet went down it kind of also raised flag because i'm not sure the injury talk was as extreme as it was until after chet went down for the season fair fair so i think chet i think chet and wemby kind of coexist in the same area where they're they have basically the same body type. They're extremely tall. Granted, Chet's not as tall as Wimby, but that's insane because he's seven two. I know, but Chet kind of they kind of have like parallel careers. I think, and I think that's the thing. I, I think that's the thing that I'm most excited for is that providing they both stay in OKC and San Antonio, like we're going to see these two match up against each other for a very long time. Yes. And I, I'm excited for that. Okay. The Spurs will be better when Greg is gone. Oh, yep. I said yeah, it. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty spicy. That's 
quite honestly, quite quite honestly, I the more I've thought about like the situation with the Spurs, yes, I understand the NBA players have egos, but it is Greg Popovich's job to ultimately manage those egos. So, quite honestly, if you're gonna say I want to be head coach and GM. If Wemby is your future, you need to get those players out of your locker room. Period. Yeah, you have to, at this point in time. So, when you've been that bad for that long, yeah, you have to shift focus. It's it's time for the future. It's time to retire the old guard. It's kind of, or it's time to change things. Um, because you can keep trying to run the ship and just bringing in new pieces. There's a whole thought experiment called the ship of Theseus where, like, you remove pieces, and at what point, when you remove a piece and replace it with another piece, does it become a new boat, right? Correct. And when you have a team like the Spurs, where you're just plug and playing, plug and play, plug and play, but you're keeping the helm, which is Greg Popovich, it's still that same team. And I think. Popovich is the best NBA coach of all time. I'm not disagreeing or I'm not disrespecting him at all. I think he is the greatest NBA coach of all time. But you gotta go. You gotta go. It's, it's yeah. When it's time, it's time. I, I don't. I said that was a spicy take. I don't know if that's a spicy take or maybe I just agree with you. And so I don't think it's spicy. I, I think it's spicy will... because you have a player or you have a coach that is the greatest coach of all time. And you're saying he needs to go, but it's not because yep. he's a bad coach. It's because the winds have changed. You got a new boat now. Yep. So what you got? It's your turn. Um, I don't have one pulled up if you have one. I was looking at something else, so I closed my notes, so I've got to reopen it. So Okay. Do you, do you have one? So, so, not yet. But <laughs> how wrong were we on the Thunder? Because I remember a lot of conversations that we were talking about. I don't know how much longer SGA can take this on the Thunder. So I don't think we were wrong. Because I don't think we were saying, like, the Thunder bad, right? I think we were saying, like, if there's no movement, how much longer can he take? I think... Did we kind of, like, downplay and, like, disregard Chet's impact? on this team for sure I, I i think we did because i don't think we were really factoring him because it's like oh he hasn't even played an nba game and he's got a major injury that's going to take him out for an entire season you were you were like when 2k came out you were on your kick that you were complaining that chet was like a 77 or something yeah i think that's ridiculous <laughs> I, I do think that's ridiculous i think that until a player has played an NBA game in the video game world or like in the NFL or NHL, they should not have a high rating. So then you disagree with Wemby's 84. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. 
do I agree with it now? Yes. But at that time, no, you should never have rookie start like that high until we've seen them play in the NBA. It's just it's it's asinine because then okay. you have you have players that start like at like sixty overall, like those second round picks, and then suddenly it's Austin Reeves is dropping forty. Like let, let's wait and see what they've got before we put them in the game, I guess. But you have to have them in the game, but I just I don't like putting players that have not played NBA minutes as high as they do. Interesting. But I do think I agree that I think we kind of doubted the... Um... I definitely think... Well, yeah, I think as a podcast we have, but I do think... Mm-hmm. Like, around the predictions when me and Austin said that Chet would be Rookie of the Year, I think that's when we... I'm going in a bunch of places, but um, one of the things I always try to do is I try to like correlate predictions with like correlate, like what will happen. Okay. So I made a prediction. What, what is the effect of this prediction? I think when me and Austin said, said Chet Holmgren will be rookie of the year, we should have also correlated that. Okay. What does that mean for the Oklahoma city thunder? And we also should have said the thunder would be a playoff team because they do have SGA dropping 30 a game. So what would a rookie of the year Chet add on top of that? Apparently it's the difference between being a lottery team and being a top four seed in the NBA. Agree? Disagree? Agreed. I, I agree. Okay, do you have your notes up now? I do, but I'm trying to decide which one I'm... Ooh. My notes are run out. You're out? Yep, I'm out. Uh, but I can I always think of stuff off, off the dome, you yeah. know. Off the dome! Did you see the, uh, was it the Timberwolves got fined for resting players? Are they the first team? I think they were the first team, and so we were wondering... When that first came, I thought out, it was going to be the Clippers. I, thought it was gonna I be the Clippers. for sure thought it was going to be Clippers, but we were wondering like how this was going to be enforced when like this rule kind of came out, and apparently they had an independent medical staff basically <laughs> do a checkup on the players that rested and said no, they're perfectly healthy, and then the NBA fined them. So that's how that process works. We have an so, answer. Here's a here's. We're going to take this a step further. Here's another question. Did the Timberwolves win that game? I don't even know if it was the Timberwolves. Who was it? Because, okay. So if the team that did that won that game, that then puts into question the legitimacy of that rule. Because I understand why the rule is in play. But if you're telling me you're going to find a team who sat starters and then still won the game? I think I think you could you could see major pushback so, from so fans the, or the media for that. But the problem is, so it's not about the wins or losses. That's never been what this is about. No, I I agree. It's about the fact that the fans are paying to see these players, and these players are sitting when they're healthy. That's where the NBA is trying to intervene because it affects resale prices. It affects like 
attendance because if you have season tickets but you find out that all the stars in tonight's game aren't showing up like i i love the pacers tj mcconnell's a great player i don't want to go watch him start at point guard so yeah i i I don't think that there's pushback because i think that it's exactly what it's supposed to do it hasn't like whether they won or lost has no bearing on the purpose of the rule. I agree with that, but I think you might see some pushback had they, because then it becomes, okay, they're getting fined for winning a basketball game. That's how some people are going to view that. So I just think that that's disingenuous and I don't think it's, really looking at it's not saying the forest for the trees i agree with that but are you saying that you you wouldn't put it above someone in major media to go on about that i could see some of the talking heads on espn absolutely going on about it but at the end of the day the fans are the ones that are going to set that value right like if you're not willing to pay for the ticket because you don't think the star players are going to show up who cares what Craig on ESPN says if you're a business from a business point of view it does not matter what the media is saying it only matters what is filling the seats because that's where you're getting your revenue from true and again i don't want to pay to go watch Gabe Vincent that that's not why i'm going i want to see star players i want to see good basketball being played if i want to go like i can go to the i mean you did in january i didn't pay a lot of people did that a lot of people paid to see gabe vincent in the playoffs baby in january or not january like (laughs) april this is january yeah, this is January. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm in NFL playoffs. Anyway, go on. Sorry. I don't know. I, I, the rest of my takes are like, I, I feel like we led too hot. So we'll save some for when Austin's here. Because too hot. It, it got a little too spicy there. Mm-hmm. I, I think I led too hard with Austin Reeves. Um, what else? There was something else. There was something I was literally reading while we were. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you think, and maybe I might even be a, a casualty to do this, do you think when the GOAT talks come up that that in-season tournament, the Lakers winner is going to come up? I don't think it will for a couple years, but I think it will eventually. Gotcha. Once there's more winners. I think, like, as of right now, it's too, like, meaningless. But... I think as it's used more and more, as it's more common, um, we'll start seeing people care more about it in terms of wins losses. Just because that's, like I said, it's a normal thing in soccer. And they're trying to normalize it, so we'll we'll see, I guess. Um, Side note, Jonathan Inga just came out as listed as possible for tonight 
Do you know uh, Jokic has missed like four shots in four games? That's crazy. I don't so have anything actually, to say on that. I I, I, I've actually been listening to players like the players that play with Jokic talk about him, and it's just like like basketball is his second job. Yeah, he doesn't care. He does not care. He's just good at it. Like, I hope to one day be so good at something that I don't care about it, but I'm the best at it. That's the thing, though. So, like, Embiid has had arguably a better season than last year. Do you think he's going to get the repeat for MVP, or do you think that... Because Jokic has had a better season than last year. Oh, hell no. I said I said it on one of the off-season episodes that God could come down and say that Embiid should be the MVP this season, and it's not going to matter. They're not giving it to him this year. They, people like you have already done lambasted the decision. So, um, I mean, like... Side note, Mark Cuban, an email just came out <clears throat> um, because the sales finalized. Uh, Mark Cuban says as a thank you to all your hard work in making the Mavs an amazing organization each of you will re- be receiving a bonus from myself the Adelson and Dumont families in total we will be paying out approximately 35 plus million dollars in bonuses to all employees to calculate your bonus we used a framework that took into consideration how long you've worked for the Mavs you will receive your bonus in the very near future oh like basketball players or like the uh, janitors it sounds like it's just everyone on payroll. I don't think it's the players. I think the the way it kind of is. Are you serious? I mean, there's a oh. lot of people that work for the Mavs. No, no, I agree with that. That's the, probably the best thing I've heard in a long time. I, that's the thing. I think we're going to miss Mark Cuban when he's not as much in the spotlight. Yeah, no, 100%. Man really cares about his organization. He does more than any other team, probably. Not probably. It is. He cares about his organization more than. So actually, other. seven hours ago, there was an updated article from NBA.com from the Kia MVP ladder. Joel Embiid is currently number one on the MVP ladder. Nikola Jokic number two. Shea is number three. Giannis at four, and Luca no. at five. I'm I'm betting the under every time, buddy. I I agree. I just. I think there's an argument to be made that if he won it last year and he's having a better season. Um, top players. So I have to tell you that the NBA is not dictated on logic and facts. It's dictated on storylines and emotions. In fact, here we go. You Of those top three, I the SGA is the one I feel the most comfortable with right now. For the MVP? I agree. Honestly, I think it's probably... I don't think Joel is actually in... No, he's in my top five. He's probably number four. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You got anything else? Do you think that, like... Jokic laissez-faire attitude towards the NBA is eventually going to, like, like people are going to eventually turn on him, and there's going to be, like, this subsection of people who I'll probably be the, you know, cult leader of that, who are going to say that his career isn't as good as it should be looked at. 
Um, probably. I don't know if it's warranted though. Like when you have someone who's just a savant. Because quite honestly, I think he's going to retire early. Oh, I I fully believe he's going to retire early. I don't think I think so. It feels like we're in the first chapter of his career, but we're also in the last chapter of his career. Yeah. Because he says that, like, when he retires, he's not even going to have a phone. He's just going to go live on a ranch with his horses. Yeah. Like, that. that's... Yeah. No, I don't think it's a detriment. I think it's kind of refreshing, honestly. Because it's just someone, like... At the end of the day, these are athletes in any sport that are getting paid a boatload of money to play a kid's game. Here's the thing. Because I do think he enjoys basketball. I don't think he enjoys professional basketball. I think he no, just... no, he ha- he hates the spotlight. But here's the thing: like, if you're gonna go down as an organization's best player, which mm-hmm. he is, let's be real, for sure, that organization is gonna want you to be part of that organization, whether that be like in the front that's, office or whether or whether that be something as simple as coming to games. That's great so, for the organization, but he doesn't care. I know he doesn't care, but that's what I'm saying. Like this is this is the blueprint for turn for the fan bases turning on Nicole Jokic. That, that's all I'm saying. I just the I blue, don't the blueprint don't, is out there. I don't see it because I think that no matter what like fans are going to see th- his love for the game, like just as a pure love for the game. It's not dictated by like, obviously he likes making money. Like nobody is going to say no to that, but he shows up because he's good at it and he just wants to play ball. He hates the spotlight. He hates being a star player. It's refreshing. There's enough people in the league that have the cocky attitudes to carry it. I don't need Jokic dancing on the sidelines after he makes a three to respect him. I'm just gonna be here. I'm just gonna be here when the fan base when like people start turning on him. I don't think people will turn on him. I don't think he has the kind of personality that you can turn on. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be here and just absorb the spotlight while you go on like a five or ten minute tirade about how he's done nothing to deserve the hate he gets. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit there. Okay, and- if anyone hates him because he wants to go retire in peace, I deserve to go on a tirade about how awful everyone is. Because at like do you hear what you're saying? I do. We I do. hate him. We hate him because he wants a peaceful life when he's done playing. Yes. No. That deserves to be mocked and ridiculed ad no. nauseum. No, no, no. But no, here's the thing. No. I I agree with that from like a personality perspective. But from an outside perspective, there are certain careers that you do where you lose that right of privacy. An NBA player is one of those careers. I regardless. don't disagree with that. I am disagreeing with the fact that people are going to hate him. For not being in the spotlight after he retires. I'm saying. Do people will people want him to be in the spotlight? Sure, probably. Yes. Hate. 
That's where I draw the line. They will not hate him. Yes, they will. And if they maybe, do... Maybe hate's too strong of a word, but despise? Be annoyed with? Why? Because he doesn't show up to bang the bell at a home game? game? Yes! Yes! That's so petty and childish. No, I it will. Is. Have you seen the world? I will mock those people. I will go on a 30-minute solo Ren episode where I just go in on these people because that is awful. Man just wants to live a peaceful life. Let him live a peaceful life. It doesn't it doesn't affect you at all. Cheer for the players on the court right now. Respect the players that came before absolutely. But cheer for the players here and now. Don't live in the past. It's going to be like a Stephen A. Smith or some kind of someone, or maybe even Skip Bayless. It's going to be like a, a a huge personality downgrading Jokic's accomplishments because he's not there anymore and he's just off in the in the woods somewhere. I, I can already see it. I have a, I, I have a, I already see it. it you lost me at Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. I thought we were talking about like people I actually care about the opinions of. Wow. I'm just saying that's how it starts. I'm just saying that it, it those people are few and far between and they should not be listened to. If someone is telling you to dislike someone because they want a peaceful, relaxing life, shun them. That is the goal. That is the that is what we strive for in life as a human being. You strive to be successful enough that you can disappear. Not permanently, but so you can disappear. So you can be comfortable. So you don't have to worry about things. That's not a bad thing. The fact that Nikola Jokic is one of the best offensive players to ever touch a basketball court doesn't change that. And whether he shows up to ring the bell before the opening season tip-off, that doesn't matter. If you were to hate him for just wanting to go relax in the country with his horses, you, you shouldn't be listened to. Enjoy the now. Respect your players that are on the court. We do this too much as sports fans where we're constantly, and we did it this episode, and like with the conversation with Adam. LeBron is a great, or Michael Jordan is a great player. But why are we still discussing Michael Jordan? Arguably the best player of all time. You can make arguments for other players. Sure, absolutely. I'm not, yep. it's not the point of this conversation. Yep. Why are we not focusing on the greatness that's in front of us? Why are we so worried about what happened in the past or what happened in the future? Let's just enjoy what we're watching because there might not ever be another LeBron James. There might not ever be a Michael Jordan. There might not ever be another Victor Wimbanyama. Let's enjoy them while we can. And then when the next person steps up, let's enjoy them and let's not compare them to these other players. Sorry to sound like me in the offseason. You got anything else? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, hey guys, when Angelo wasn't here, I told you to follow all the socials at No Reserves. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitch. We are going to start that soon. As I said, it's not going to be what we initially thought, but we're going to do it. It's going to be fun at No Reserves. Um, Austin will eventually be back. I say this every week, but he keeps saying he's coming back, and then right well, before pro- we record, he says he's busy. Um, you, you'll you'll know that we're gonna start doing Twitch when we have like a solar eclipse followed by a blue moon. So go on, go on. Um, we we do have some other things in the waterworks, pipeworks, whatever you want to call it, coming down. Um, because as far as I'm aware, you guys are done doing two episodes a week for football, correct? It is we are on Thursdays, right? I I yes, and I did tell Alex that. Um, our new schedule when we return is going to be Wednesday, Thursday, if we do two, and that we were talking about going down to one the whole year. But I'm not sure how big of a fan I am of that right now. But we're gonna, yeah, we're, I, to, I told him we're, we're gonna look at workshop it. We're, we're gonna workshop it. Yeah, we're gonna work it. Look at Matrix and see like if this other thing that we're talking about is, you know, here to stay. But there will be more on that in the coming weeks. Um, if you keep all of your podcatcher notifications turned on, you will get notified when we release some of those more off-the-wall episodes that we're talking about. Um, because as of now, you will only have no reserves on Sunday and Thursday. There will be episodes on Tuesdays. We're just not announcing that yet. But if you keep your notifications turned on, you will know when they drop. Um, and you should have your notifications on, and you should leave us a review, like, comment, subscribe. All of those things. We tell you it every time. Besides that, what do you have to say before we sign off for the night, Angelo? <laughs> have a good week, you guys. Thanks for joining us.